0: hello friends and welcome to a special edition of dan and benny in the ring i'm dan Sebastiano joined as always by the bs express himself benny scala benny how you doing buddy
1: I am psyched. You know, we got a, another great topic. And I got two. We have two very talented. They're talented. They're creative. They're knowledgeable. I sound like Ron Popeil trying to pitch <laughs> a Vegematic, right? But, you know, the good thing is these guys are my friends, too. Um, and so it's a great topic and great guests. So I'm good to go.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate the nature of the topic we brought to uh, the heck. Um, okay. Okay. What is that?
2: That's just a different view. That's
1: together oh, okay. that's
0: that's new. Who set that Thanks. up? I think explain I can
2: explain
0: <laughs> to okay. the audience member well, for, members for those <laughs> hearing the audio only version. We were meeting on Skype and apparently uh Mikey just said something where all four of us are sitting on steps now. Is this um, like
1: the what, route the Mount Rushmore of podcasting, maybe? Like <laughs> Oh I mean, yes, it's
0: like. exactly what it looks like. But um as I was saying before this started, unfortunately, the reason we're doing a special episode is the uh, uh, un- unexpected and surprising and sad passing of, I will say the word legend, uh, wrestling legend, New Jack. And uh, Benny, you mentioned before, when I pitched over to you, um, the guests we brought today. Why don't you introduce who's on the panel with us?
1: I have uh, our good friend and fellow, uh, previous fellow podcaster, Mikey Messier, and to th- th- it would take the rest of the podcast to describe everything Mikey's into, videos, <laughs> uh, screenplays, a book, which I'm in the process of reading. I told him I'll, I'll be doing my review on Amazon this weekend. That's Mikey Messi. And then my fellow senior writer from uh, ProWrestlingStories.com, Javier Oyst. And I, you know, when I say senior writer, the, the only thing we have in common, when I use the word writer, for me, I use Courier 12 font. And then for Javier, it's like Courier 12,000 um actually mine is probably comic sans i guess when you think about it um but i i'm, I'm gonna say that uh, javier i'm I'm joining the uh tomorrow the anti-aging clinic of clearwater florida because yeah. i need to live to 183 so i can write
3: more <laughs> stories than you it's uh it's all about quality uh quality not quantity don't worry ben you do you, you do always good tell work. me that
0: and you're, you're absolutely you, right
3: you do good work man thank you sir you do good work man I lo- i love reading your stuff
0: likewise well if we uh if we can't think of a way to, to uh, categorize Mikey in 10 words or less, we can always fall back on award-winning filmmaker. How's that, Mikey?
2: I appreciate it, Dan. Don't, don't Good to world. be Thank you. Yeah. And, 40, yeah 40. Well, welcome
0: back, because it's been a long time since uh, you and I have done a show together. I know Mikey was a, was a staple and a regular on our old program. Benny and I had a, a recent Q&A special where we talked about the story that led us here. So it's great to have you back, Mikey.
2: I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me, guys. And if, if I don't you know, mention Angelo from New Jersey, he might hunt us down and kill all of us. So I'll say thanks to Angelo for introducing all of us to each other at one point or another. And Javier and I had a great uh, house show podcast last summer. We, we kind of had a podcast with their audience. So it's good to be here with Javier and, and Benny and Dan. And uh, today uh, I'm happy to be talking about New Jack, except... Like you said, Dan, we wouldn't be here talking about New Jack, I, I don't think, unless he passed away. So anyone who dies at age 58, you, you have to keep the seriousness of things as well, because uh, concussions uh, or, or drugs, whatever led to this heart attack that New Jack had, the guy, if I could, I was thinking about this show today, guys, and what I thought of is New Jack has come and gone, and we're still trying to figure him out. We're still trying to figure out his life and his career. Was he good for pro wrestling? Was he bad for pro wrestling? Was he even a pro wrestler? Was he a backyard wrestler in the ring? Was he an extremist? Was he an icon? Was he a legend? The answer might be all of the above.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's the, the ultimate. Um, you see those that scene in movies when someone asks an or question and the person answers yes. Is he, is he that yes 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 and maybe more um benny uh we were talking before the show you you had some some thoughts going so uh why don't you you ask the first uh first question to our esteemed guests here
1: well this first one was for is for javier uh i read again his great story from prowrestlingstories.com new jack the story of wrestling's most violent man and uh Javier did a great job, you know, kind of going through the the, the history of, of of New Jack and how he got involved in wrestling. And even even his childhood, I guess he actually witnessed in his childhood his father stabbing his mother. So I'm kind of thinking that, you know, for him, violence was just a way of life. It was a normal thing. He was used to it. And, you know, we've talked before about wrestlers and their characters. So actually, this is a two part question. This is like uh, Dr. Philip Bombay, Barbe. I'm sorry. From back to school, when he gave uh, Thornton Mellon his final exam, <laughs> there was one question with 37 parts. But mine's only <laughs> one question with two parts. So, uh, Javier, in your in your research uh, uh, doing this story, do you think that um, New Jack's character was was much different than his real life persona? Um, was, was there any difference <clears throat> whatsoever? Because Jim Cornette, I think, made the statement that. The, the you know the, the trait of a great character in wrestling, it's the real person, just kind of like tweaked up a little bit, and I think in this case maybe it was even tweaked down a little bit the, <laughs> for him. So that's that's the first part of the question, and then the second part of the question is um, when you first I think your story was first released uh, for, um, last year on New Jack on Pro Wrestling Stories, and uh, JP released it again, but apparently, and I spoke to JP this morning. When it was released the first time, New Jack actually interacted with some of the people who are posting uh, about the story. So uh, that's the second part of the question. I'd be interested in in how he interacted with the fans, because I'm sure one of the things we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to talk about is the guy was definitely a polarizing figure. I mean, like huge amount of, uh, you know, uh, debate about whether like Mikey said, was he was he a wrestler? Was was he a criminal? Um, you know, was he something in between? Was he a backyard wrestler? So how how did how did he interact with the, the the fans?
3: As as far as I know, well, yeah, that that article came out about a year and a half ago. And I know there is some information on that article that comes from the book uh, Mike Messier bought on a uh, New Jack's book, especially the story of on his uh, childhood and what he witnessed uh, the the. The atrocious thing that, that happened to his uh, his mother right in front of their eyes, where he was basically he was uh, raised in violence, and he he explains that the police didn't give a darn about black on black violence, in, in, in when he was in the in the North Carolina area, it might, it might have been Greensboro, but it, it was definitely North Carolina. And uh, tell you the truth, just when I. Wanted to do a new Jack story. I was not a big fan But I saw that he would get so much heat online. I thought it was worth exploring I said, let me let me explore this guy. What is it? There are so few wrestlers that generate this kind of heat this kind of real controversy in this day and age Let me let me go in and, and explore this who this man was and after I wrote that article Honestly, I can say that I I've become a fan of his, and and I'm, and I'm pleased, not not surprised, but a little bit that uh, mostly the outpour after his uh, passing has been uh, people are very sad about his passing. I thought people were just gonna, you know, crap on him because mm-hmm. I w- I would venture mm-hmm. to say that if 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 he would have passed away a little bit after his. Smoky Mountain wrestling and and maybe some of his in, uh, ECW run, maybe the outpouring would have been would have been negative and would have been like well good riddance to him, but you know how times change right and and now I think people are, have come to appreciate what what who New Jack was how Jerome portrayed that character if it was if it was a, a character and as you said Cornette says that he he probably had to tone himself down to be New Jack you know that's 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 a really interesting way to put it. And lastly, what I understand is, yes, he uh, he interacted with the story before it was posted. One la- uh, right after his passing, when it was posted, um, he did interact with the fans, and he said, "You know, New Jack will, is always New Jack." He said he wrote, uh, "And I, yes, I did it, and I I did it, and I got away with it like OJ." I think it was speaking about uh, the coolest uh, incident. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah.
0: You know, you you mentioned his ability to generate heat. I think Jim Cornette put it best in the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode on New Jack. Uh, he was talking about his time in Smoky Mountain and the gangsters, and he said that uh, they could have brought Hitler in, and Hitler would have been the face in that feud. Like, that's how much the crowd hated him. And, you know, I, I want to get, Mikey, I'm going to bounce to you, because you have told stories in the past of your interactions with New Jack. Javier is absolutely right that that the general Oh, the majority of support for him has been positive and mourning and stories of some of the stuff he's done for the boys and and good things like that. But there have been, you know, obviously people that can't let can't look past mass transit and some of the other incidents in question. Um, What would you say as someone who's interacted and known him on a personal level? Is that is that just a testament to how good he was as a heel or is he genuinely a truly conflicted person?
2: Well, I, I could I'd say it's both. Once again, it's both. Um, he was, I mean, to me, I think about New Jack's, let's say, in ring persona. Let's put it that way. And um, Abdul the Butcher comes to mind. But if you took Abdul the Butcher and put Tupac Shakur, half Tupac, the swagger of Tupac, the the promo skills, uh, top top rated. R-rated promo skills, you know, a new Jack wouldn't work in the PG era of WWE, but for the time and place of ECW with uh, that song, Natural Born Killers by Ice Cube and Dr. Dre, with the fan base of Philadelphia, he was a babyface in Philadelphia, he was a babyface in ECW. Um, When he came to New England, even after the mass transit incident, Uh, He was pretty much banned or not welcomed, let's put it that way, in New England for a couple of years. He finally made his comeback, I believe, in Fall River, Massachusetts, because I was there for this. In 1998, they had something, they called a a house show uh, Gangsta Party 3 or something like that, because they had done the ECW uh, Gangsta's Paradise uh, show a couple of times in Philly, and it was just one of those house show names that ECW did a lot. And they did, you know, Gangsters Paradise 3, I think it was, in 1998. And oddly enough, New Jack didn't even have a, a booked match, but he made a cameo at the end of the night and came out and smashed people with the, the garbage uh, can and the shopping cart full of weapons, and the, pe- the place exploded. And so it's just one thing, guys, I would say, and I'm not sure if I'm answering your question fully, Dan, and I'll try to, but... We have to remember context is king, you know, like Bischoff says. This Mm is mid-90s, post-Kurt Cobain, blowing his brains out. People were in kind of a weird mood, you know, like as far as the pop culture, male 18 to 49 or whatever it is. um, People were kind of in this pissed off for no good reason mood. 2001 came and 9-11 came and it's like, hey, we'll give you something to be pissed off about. But in the 90s, people were just kind of edgy and nihilist, and you had songs uh, like, what was the song by uh, Prodigy uh, with, the, with the chorus, Slap My Bitch Up? You know what right. I mean? So this was the culture that we were in where edgy stuff, Austin 316, Flipping the Bird, uh, Beavis and Butthead, uh, South Park, all this stuff was pretty mainstream. And for whatever reason, People didn't stop and say, what will this do to the children? The children were dictating that this is what they liked. So, uh, New Jack, in a lot of ways, was a man of his time. I don't think the New Jack character or persona would work in 2021. I mean, I think uh, as edgy as wrestling gets now is, you know, Pete Dunne bending somebody's finger backwards. You know, that's about as edgy as it's going to get. Yeah. So, New Jack, of that time, mid-90s, late-90s, even 1994 Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I, I watched last night. Uh, New Jack do a promo with Jim Ross. <laughs> I mean, I'm just—you'd never get a promo on the air like that in in 2021. Um, right. And calling out the of I mean, New Jack was doing stuff that was hardcore, edgy. There's a promo once again from Smoky Mountain of Jim Cornette offering to manage the gangsters, and and New Jack in a very serious promo says the white man's been treating the black man like crap for 400 years. I'm college educated with a criminal record. Why do I need you? You know what I mean? And it's pretty profound. If he had, if that was a 2021 promo, that would be the biggest babyface promo going, you know, with black lives matter and everything else. So new Jack, not only was in a sense of his time, he was ahead of his time.
3: Yeah, he mentioned he he tells Cornette that that the gangsters are black owned, you know. He, he doesn't, they, and they're not going to allow him to to you know meddle in their business. You know, they don't need him,
0: right? You know, <laughs> and that was, I mean, some of his character. Javier, you mentioned earlier the comment he made about OJ in one of the promos where he basically gave a shout out to OJ for taking Tell him out. To
1: keep up the good work.
0: Yeah, keep up the good work. You took out two of them, so you know we're going to keep the trend going. Yeah, um, but I, I'm curious. E- Benny, you talked or uh, we were talking before the show, Benny, and and we obviously we had our last week, and Mikey just mentioned, um, you know, it it wouldn't work in today's uh, Mm -hmm. today's world, and Javier, your article talked about his attitude and how he was with the business that that deep down, I mean, at least the impression I got from everything you wrote is is he may have been crazy and edgy but he did truly care about wrestling in the business and he cared about the fans and he cared about all that i'm curious benny uh, or excuse me um mikey you say he, he, his character wouldn't work today seeing a pay-per-view where the miz gets eaten by zombies and chris jericho has fallen through cardboard into an obvious crash pad you know would, would new jack even want to be in wrestling today
2: Well, that's a great question, too, Dan, and maybe I should rephrase that a little bit. New Jack wouldn't be allowed anywhere near WWE wrestling in 2021, but guess what? He wouldn't have been allowed anywhere near WWE in 1995, even 1998 or 99. Apparently, he did show up for a trial match, and he never even got into the ring that night because somebody told him not to look Vince McMahon in the face or not to say hello to Vince McMahon, and Vince walked by New Jack, and New Jack said, said, hi, how you doing? Vince gave him a cross-eyed look, and apparently New Jack was off the card, so he got paid for his trial match, but he never got to wrestle for uh, WWE, and I guess that was 2003. New Jack tells that story. I wasn't there. I don't know if it happened or not. Um, I guess I should just rephrase that, Dan. If it was something like possibly AW, uh, maybe, maybe Impact Wrestling, because you see, was it Sammy Callahan with the baseball bat? to uh, the guy's eye socket, uh, Eddie Edwards. So, I mean, there are descendants of of New Jack. You know, Sammy Callahan, I would say, is a descendant, you know, uh, of New Jack, um, for better or for worse. And and guess what, guys? I think a lot of it, as far as the descendants goes, I think a lot of it is for the worse. I think a guy like Nick Gage, who, uh, you know, a fascinating uh, show on Dark Side of the Ring, but it's like this guy is getting himself killed. You know what I mean? With these light bulbs into his arteries and everything else. So right. I, I think that with New Jack, like I said, he's he, he's come and gone. 58 years old. He's no longer on this earth. And we're still trying to figure him out. We're still trying to figure out, was he good? Was he bad? Um, I, I, I'm not sure if I, I – I'm going to try to take on this, this question because I, I want to get this out there. The times that I met the guy, he was very personable, very funny. I think that's what people, he had a second life, New Jack did. Outside of the ring, when he started doing these U shoot interviews with Sean Oliver, Sean Oliver, and probably if, if you guys have YouTube feeds like mine that are clouded with wrestling stuff, and, and the Sean Oliver guy who did all these U shoot interviews with Kevin Nash and Kevin Sullivan and pretty much everybody else in the business mm. around the 2005 mark, well, New Jack just keeps coming up and up and up. And of course, he must have done 30 or 40 rf shoot interviews new jack i'm talking about and those clips keep coming up and up so i think what it is with a lot of guys like like the four of us and people watching and listening to this podcast (laughs) new jack has this second life outside of the ring as a wrestling commentator his promo on chris benoit where he's talking about nancy sullivan and his friendship with nancy and And calling out Benoit from the grave, so to speak. Um, New Jack telling stories about, you know, quote the rats, quote Uh, New Jack talking about the Dudleys. I mean, he had like a a, like like kind of a Chris Rock, a staccato, kind of a a, kind of a Chris Rock mixed with a Richard Pryor vocabulary, and just funny. So I mean, and and I think one of the wrestlers, X Pac, put a tweet in the wake of New Jack's death. I couldn't help but love new jack and that's bizarrely even though uh i, I considered myself friendly with eric Kulas, and i went to eric Kulas's house after the slicing um it's hard when you see new jack in person not to be charmed by the guy because he seemed very comfortable in his own skin he he was living the character i mean he in Beyond the Mat, when they when the the casting director says that he could be a, a co-star to Denzel in Hollywood, and and it's kind of like, yeah, he could be. You know, where's where's New Jack in in ne- uh, Friday After Friday or some movie? You know what I mean? Why is not New right. Jack doing cameos? It seems like New Jack didn't have an interest. You know, like New Jack, Jack could have been, I think, successful as a stand-up comedian, or uh, if he really wanted to get into the Hollywood, uh, do some acting or something. Acting, yeah. But he didn't seem to be interested. He seemed to like the world of VFWs, uh, high school gymnasiums, the bingo hall, the wrestling Mm -hmm. conventions, the extreme reunion revivals, the the shoot interviews. And I think that's why hardcore wrestling fans of, of a lot of ages like him and respect him because he never turned away from the business. Once he was in it, he was in it for life. And he never apparently left it for better or for worse. He was there and he was a part of the thing, part of pro wrestling, and seemed to be enjoying himself.
0: Benny, what you got?
1: I'm going to combine two quotes here and then to just throw this out on the floor for debate. The first one's from Mikey in his video about New Jack, which was great, by the way. And uh, Mikey quoted you, Jack, New Jack, who said. You've got to create something that they've never seen before. And did I get that close enough, Mikey?
2: Yeah, you did. And you know what? It, that was me. You're quoting me. I'm quoting New Jack. New Jack is quoting Ray Candy, okay.
1: who, was,
2: who was the in the Zambui Express, which was a, a pound, a, a two, three hundred and fifty pounders, who wrestled together, Alicia Akeem, and Akeem Muhammad, and Ray Candy was one of those guys. And that was the guy that trained New Jack to be a wrestler. Who said right. that? Exactly.
1: And then the other. Uh, quote was from Bill Barron's, which was in Javier's story, and this is what I want us to talk about. Uh, he, uh, b- Mr. Barron said, people didn't want the gangsters beaten; they wanted them dead. And and you think about that, and like that was something that you could say about like Larry Zbysko when he was feuding with Bruno, when he actually got shot out. and you know Blackjack Mulligan when he got stabbed in the '70s. Right. Um. You know, that didn't really happen after Zbysko. So. Um, you know, New Jack took the heat to a level where it hadn't been for a long, long time. So I, I think the the guy was just like way ahead of his time.
3: He 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 wasn't. It's he uh, he purposely didn't want to play the um, the race card, as they call it, when he went to ECW because he saw that in, in in Smoky Mountain. It's not that he was afraid, but I think he sensed that if he continued that path, his career was going to go nowhere, or he's going to. Who knows get killed I mean because people really hated him. He, he had to travel in a van uh, because his, his, they would they would trash his car they, or they, because they recognized his car and uh, and uh, he was in, in, in that sense he was one of those classic heels that that people really believed no matter how many times people maybe explain to the fans look man this this is a work or or this you know this part of the show, he did it so convincingly. That, that they just said, no, man, this is, this is, this is real, man. And I, and I hate this guy. This guy, you know, they, they had this angle where they're beating up on, uh, on Ricky Morton. They, 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 they turned the, uh, the tables around almost like he was Rodney King. They're, they're like, uh, it's, it's New Jack and his, and his people surrounding Morton and just kicking him in the middle of the ring and not letting him get up. And I think they start using some kind of foreign object on his forehead. Really, really heavy stuff. And, uh, and I just wanted to point out with the with the his style. I think it's important to remember that yes, there's a lot of hardcore, extreme, and those ultra violent matches nowadays. But the, and 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 I don't want anyone coming at me and saying, "Look, man, don't don't be criticizing that stuff." Because I've never seen you take a bump in the ring. I never seen you, you know, bleed in the ring. But it's a different style because New Jack's way was was like a natural. It was it was it was more like a realistic street fight. He just used things around him and 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 as weapons. There was not so much of a setup. Let's put these uh these fluorescent lights on me, and then we're gonna put a chair on my legs, and then this guy's gonna flip over me. That's it's their coordination. The uh the, the choreography wasn't there with New Jack's style. Of, of, of hardcore his was just like like a street fight you know and and i think the purity and the simpleness of that is is some is what people uh and the brutality just the sheer violence the way he bladed people and hurt people whether they wanted were they were willing participants or not that's what people will be talking about years from now it's like a sociological ex- experiment people will be talking about them
0: you know now you're you're, you, hit, you hit it on the head, and we've talked, Benny, uh, a dozen times. I know, Mikey, you and I have had this conversation definitely more than once. One of the biggest grievances people have with wrestling today is it looks – I know I hate to use the word, but it looks fake. It's it's like you were talking about. I'm going to lay the light bulbs down, and then I'm going to set the table, and you know you're going to have you're going to lay there for ten minutes and clearly be part of what's happening. You know the 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 flippy moves that they yeah the, basically only the, work. The, the
3: the super super obvious spots you know the exactly. super obvious spots the,
0: you know. the stuff that only works because it looks like both people are involved when New Jack would grab the trash can full of weapons and dump them out and hit you with the trash can and pull out the staple gun. And, and, you know, even if now, unfortunately more times than not, the the people were in the ring, were not hundred (laughs) percent willing to take the beating they were about to get, but his beatings looked real. He always looked like he was going to hurt somebody, whether, whether it was safe or not. And I think his style, Mikey, you talked about how he, he, wouldn't survive today. Part of that is I don't think the wrestler of today would know how to work with him. Right. I don't think you're, you're, you couldn't, you couldn't put new Jack in the ring with the young bucks and have a convincing fight or, or someone, you know, who's these gymnasts and the flippy shit, new Jack would come in and he'd hit you in the head and that'd be over. Um, you mentioned Ricky Morton. One of his very last appearances was an indie show and he came out and saved Ricky Morton. And it was, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're, sl- you know, it was a little slower. It was, but he still got a couple of good trash can shots in. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, 100, 200 people in a high school gym looking crowd. You know, just as smile on his face, just as much energy as he had in Smoky Mountain, you know, yelling at Jim Cornette all those years ago. I, I think it's interesting, but but I want to to expand on that. Um, Javier, you talked about in your article and Mikey you you you've done videos and talked about him before when when he was still alive even after he had retired and kind of not been I don't want to say fallen from the mainstream but if you understand where I'm going with that he was still a figure that people wanted to talk about what is it about him like what was the moment where Benny joked earlier about the numerous articles you've written. You, you when you talk about the ideas that you have, what was the moment where you said, All right, my next article is gonna be about Newsjack? I I
3: I think it, it it was anytime there there was like there's like uh uh I joke around with with uh, Pro Wrestling Stories uh, editor and, and, and owner JP Zarka. I joke around with him and I say, Listen, it's almost like I I I uh there's certain articles, certain figures in wrestling that are just like, just like a time bombs. Whenever you post anything about them, there's gonna be just hate, just raining upon them. And we start, we started making a list. Moolah, I've written about her. Uh, Lex Luger, people blame her for Elizabeth's death. Um, Jimmy Snuka, you know, it's like, uh, and then New Jack is right there. And and I'm like, well, I haven't written about New Jack, and and people seem to just always have something to say about him and, and they mm. just don't like this guy and 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 and, and I th- and I'm thinking well I don't really like his character me personally so this will be a challenge then I just wanted to learn more about him and, and it was fascinating it was fascinating and some some of the stuff was hard to read read about some of it was definitely hard to watch right. a lot of a lot of bloodletting uh but but the guy in his interviews some of the humor there... When they asked him about um, this this young guy, really inexperienced, he, he wrestled this guy called Hunter Red, William something, a young guy, in a in a tiny show. I counted the fans at least based on what the camera, based on the camera angle, there's about like 15 to 20 people in, in the whole show. And this is when New Jack just took out like a a blade from his pocket, or I think it was a a, a box open or something, just started. Uh, stabbing the, the the kid's back and in a later shoot interview just researching he says listen i didn't stab him sixteen times it was nine all right i counted
1: Get the I mean right. like
3: as 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 if that makes it better man I mean I'm I'm laughing but I'm thinking, single Jesus. Digit. This is this is the reason why people either despise this guy or he, they're never going to stop talking about him. And, and that's what we're doing now.
0: <laughs> right. Spe- speaking of which, and, and Benny, I'll, I'll let you get to the next question. And Mikey, your experience in film, one of the recent uh, conversations that's been happening in the social media world of wrestling is the recent biography of Randy Savage and accusations that it was biased. Even Lanny, pa- we, we talked about it on the Dan and Benny forum. Lanny Poffo uh, mentioned, he said about 5% of it was utter garbage. 20 what 20 percent was crap and the rest of it seemed fine um if do you think in the world today of of the 2021 everything's offensive everything's got to be sugar-coated do you think new jack could ever get a fair shake in a post uh a post-mortem biography
2: that's a great question dan and and i don't really know the answer because i guess we would probably assume that it wouldn't be the wwe to do it because new jack officially never wrestled for the wwe and it was even surprising to see Paul Heyman get a little bit of airtime to kind of put over New Jack, you know, as a tribute after his death. I'm wondering who, who would, if the ECW library, as we know it, is essentially owned by WWE, yet WWE never put New Jack on an official WWE show, as far as I can remember. <laughs> I mean, of course, WWE does stuff sometimes just to make money. So we know that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dark Side of the Ring kind of did it a year a year before he died, and oddly enough, to their credit, Dark Side of the Ring has honored both New Jack and the Road Warriors. Uh, you know, a year before Road Warrior Animal passed away. Right. So, to me, uh, yesterday for research before working with you guys tonight, I watched the Dark Side of the Ring again of New Jack. You know, I watched it when it first came out, but I watched it again, and uh, I think that that forty-five minute piece i think it's about as good as you're going to get and then then you have the fan homemade videos on youtube javier's got a couple in his article he incorporated i sent javier another one that was like a new jack tribute that some fan named crusty on youtube made i think that that type of bootleg stuff given the practical matter that here's the thing we haven't talked about that song natural born Killers was such a part of the presentation of the gangsters new Jack and Mustafa and ECW that when you see the gangsters wrestle and pretty much everybody on ECW wrestling on the WWE network or now on Peacock presents the WWE network. When you strip those songs, all the ACDC songs, Chris Candido coming out to back in black, uh, spike Dudley, I think came out to highway to hell. um, Shane Douglas coming out to to Perfect Strangers, I think by Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. The ECW theme song, Thunder, was it Thunder Kiss, nineteen sixty five? That was both the song of the Pit Bulls and the opening credits of the weekly ECW wrestling. They were using that music without license, without permission. Oh, yeah. So I can't. I'm not blaming Vince McMahon or Triple H for not wanting to pay the God awful amounts of money that they would have to pay for those copyrights. But when you're, I'm just saying this for the younger fans, you're not getting the full ECW experience on Peacock or on the network. You have to dig up some of those old ECW DVDs or uh, maybe even YouTube. If people uploaded the pay-per-views or the house shows uh, onto YouTube or, or what's the other one, the one from Europe, um, that's like YouTube. Uh, but basically, you got to find your bootleg stuff. You can't rely on the homogenized WWE version because the music, and especially with the gangsters, if anyone, like the Freebirds had, if you go see, if you see the Freebirds versus the Von Erics, but you're not hearing um, LaGrange by ZZ Top with Kevin and Kerry Von Eric, and you're not hearing actual either Freebird or Bad Street USA for Terry Gordy, Michael Hayes, and and Buddy Roberts, you're not getting the full experience. And you're not getting the full gangsta's experience if you're watching New Jack and Mustafa versus the Eliminators or versus Balls and Axel, or versus the Pitbulls or versus whoever. You're not getting the full experience without that song because they wrestled or they fought or they beat the crap out of somebody in rhythm to that song. And I was there to see this happen live several times, and it was like uh, hypnotism. The audience was in a a state of group hypnotism, hearing that song played to to Spinal Taps 11 on the 10 scale. And everybody's kind of banging their heads in conjunction with crutches getting smashed over backs, with garbage cans getting conked on foreheads with a shopping cart full of weapons. Javier made a good point in these garbage wrestling matches that, you know, guys like Nick Gage and and maybe even Nick Mondo have done. They have all these weapons prepared, you know, prepared by somebody else. New Jack would take the shopping cart and roll it out to the ring with him. And, you know, years later, or 2001, we'd see Raven do that at WrestleMania 17 in the hardcore division. But the hardcore division of WWF... uh, the, the latter end of the Attitude Era was essentially the homogenized version of New Jack and ECW. Right. Um, once again, I, I, I kind of go off on tangents, but the, but I just think about all this stuff, and I just wanted to put over that song, and and how well
3: that song worked with the gangsters. Yeah, basically, what Mikey's saying is, if you have to watch kind of non HD kind of blurry, lower quality video. But if you can get the real experience with the music and, and, and what what really did happen, that's the way to go until uh, maybe WWE starts cracking down on all these all these videos people upload, you know, which are thousands, but at some point they might not be available. But while they are try to try to seek out try to seek out what, what how it really was, you know, none. know. Yeah. Even if it's not, even if the network is is nice and well, Peacock is nice and sharper, of course. But um, yeah, you know.
0: Benny, what, what what you thinking?
1: I'm I'm gonna. This is gonna sound really bizarre, maybe, but you know, I'm gonna gonna go based on on, on Javier's last point. When uh, I think the guy's name was Hunter Lane, in Jacksonville, yeah, that New Jack stabbed nine times, and um, I went when I when I heard him say that. I, I thought about, for whatever reason, I thought about Bruno Sammartino's book. And he mentioned in early 1963, Buddy Rogers went out to a house show in Pittsburgh. And Buddy looked out and he saw that, man, like maybe 1,000, 2,000 people. And he counted the house and he decided that it wasn't worth his while to wrestle in front of 1,000 or 2,000 people because I guess his take really wasn't going to be worth his while. So he, he feigned chest pains, allegedly, of course. And got got out of wrestling, and and here is New Jack, who I mean, what could he have gotten paid in front of fifteen people? And he could have just said the hell the hell with this, I'm not going to do this, you know. And not only did he do it, but like he put on a show, albeit you know, probably something criminal. So I mean, in a bizarre way, that and I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. The the guy was true to his art, you know what I mean?
3: It's possible. It's possible he didn't get paid. It's I think. It, it, there might be more details in, in 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 the book Mikey's picked up, but um, it's pop, it, it, I think the the promoter was a a friend of his, and so he was trying to help his uh, what is it inaug- now inaugural show or, or try to you know help him out. It might not have gotten paid, but but you, but New Jack did like money, you know. He always said, "Look, if they if they pay me, I'll show up." When they started interviewing him, he's like, "Well, they paid me. They 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 paid me to be here, and and I'm here to do my thing." And and he was like, "Well." You know, I like to, I like doing what I do, but gotta pay me. You know,
2: <laughs> I'm proud to say that I survived a moment in the ring with New Jack.
3: You know, and and uh,
2: if you guys have seen my little video, my sit down with Sandman, I was a ring announcer for a show at a at a place called Club Stars in Johnston, Rhode Island, and I was the ring announcer, and and they had Sandman there in the main event against a guy named Astro Man who was uh, about 320 pounds, real nice guy, and kind of just a very basic, you know, plodding big man, like just a basic wrestler, nothing wrong with him. but And Sandman and Astro Man did their main event, and I think this might have been during that year period after the Vic Grimes uh, injury for New Jack, where he wasn't wrestling, but he was kind of making appearances. And he might have just come up with New Jack to the show to be with Sandman as a buddy, to be honest with you, because I don't think New Jack wrestled on that show unless I'm really blanking something out. But, but basically I, I introduced Sandman as the winner and then, uh, New Jack grabs me as the ring announcer <laughs> and having been in the audience for the ma- the mass transit incident, uh, you know, my heart was starting to beat a little bit faster and, and New Jack just kind of said something to me like just, he just said something uh, to the effect of "sell the stick," and basically Sandman and New Jack both got on the microphone, uh, accused me of being part of a conspiracy against them, and proceeded to give me a couple of nice cane shots to the back. And uh, I scramble out of the ring, and uh, and I I I'm you know begging for mercy. And then in the dressing room, I did a little short movie with the Sandman, which cost me 80 bucks cash to get that accomplished uh you know for the sandman because he got a little bonus payday and uh the movie the short movie was made a short movie because new jack was coming through the back and needed some orange juice or something because uh new jack was having some health issues even back then and i i thought at the time was he was he diabetic did he have low blood sugar but it, it, now that I put the pieces together, having watched the dark side of the ring, I think it was during that year of injury layoff from the Vic Grimes head injury. I think that's when this happened. That
3: I'm talking about. If anyone has a chance to watch uh, Mike Messier with uh, with Sandman in the back, trying to convince Sandman to to hook him up and to try to get him in in more in, in deeper into the industry, if, if we're talking about New Jack. You know you don't, don't know where the, the person and the character ends or if it blends or if it's the same person sandman is is the kind of guy where where when when he's working you're like maybe this guy's shooting because he he can convince you too that he's he's a little a little out there but the way he would talk to mike's like why should i help you explain why <laughs> should. i'm like this guy's gonna punch mikey i don't know if, if they're working but sandman looks Looks, uh, he really look, does look kind of annoyed by Mikey at this point. I don't know, He's like, just like put out the <laughs> his, put out his cigarette. Oh no, he was. I thought if he was smoking, he's gonna put out his cigarette in Mikey's eye, or if he was drinking. He was
2: smoking. Just, yeah, he he was, and you can tell.
3: He's like, why <laughs> should I help you explain? Because I'm good. <laughs> what? Because I'm good. Nah, I'm just. I, I, I encourage people watch. It's, it's it's just a couple of minutes, but it's, it's gold, man. I I told Mikey that.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what New Jack is in the beginning of that. New Jack has a cameo. He's been on in that the whole time. So, I guess one thing, guys, I would say is that you know after the mass transit incident. See, I haven't said this on this show before, but I was basically uh, six to eight feet from the ring, and and when I, I get a little pissed off, to tell you the truth, guys, when I hear. Even someone like Dave Meltzer, as you know, intelligent as Dave is, and he, you know, I gave him a credit as a pro wrestling historian, Meltzer, and I have nothing against him personally, but he's talked about the New Jack thing with Mass Transit, Cornette. Uh, some of the ECW wrestlers are very opinionated about it. Here's the thing. Most of those people didn't have the point of view as it happened that I did. Like, I'm literally six to eight feet from the ring standing up because I was in the press section and we were standing watching this happen. And most of the uh, action took place facing me, like the cutting and everything. So um, I get a little offended when people are, are strongly opinionated on that night. And especially when they say, oh, the kid deserved it and the kid lied about his age. I always bring up the point which is more against Heyman than it is, is against New Jack is how come nobody asked for a driver's license? You know, like uh, the four of us couldn't go to an NFL football game. And if a player was injured, we, we, you know, if we were all 15 year old guys at the time and said, Hey, we want to play football. And they looked at us. We're all big 15 year old or 16 16- or 17 year old kids. And they would say, sure. Kids come on the field and play football in the NFL. And then one of us got our ankle crushed or got a concussion and, and got really hurt. That wouldn't happen. And uh, someone wouldn't to go to a WWF show at the time, or a WWE show now, or a WCW show, or an AC- AEW show. Or, you wouldn't think that someone could just go as a fan, as an audience member, or someone wanting to be involved and get onto the show without at least showing proof of, of identification with a driver's license. So I, I just don't understand why that logical type of thinking hasn't occurred to all these opinionated fans and wrestlers. Who seemed to be blame Eric Koulos? Where was the filter? Who was in charge here? Uh, the person who always liked to take uh, charge or liked to take uh, the credit for everything ECW was Paul Heyman. Yet he didn't seem to take responsibility for uh, the cutting of Eric Koulos.
1: Well, and, and Mikey, along those lines, you know, it seems like New Jack got all the heat for that. But number one, like you said, you know where was the vetting process where at least like you know some kind of proof of id and i think you mentioned in, in one of your youtube videos that didn't cool His father actually drive him to the event
2: yeah yeah and the, here's the, here's the other thing that I, I took exception with and look this has been we're talking 25 years ago or more at this point but on the on the dark side of the ring chris jericho in the voiceover says the, the three of them Jericho's talking about the Kulas incident and he says the three of them meaning Kulas, Tiny the Terrible and Half Nelson. The three of them were asked to attend an ECW event in Revere, Massachusetts. But Jericho in the voiceover doesn't say asked by who? Who asked them to show up? Well, the answer, as I recall, was that nobody asked them to show up. That it was Tiny the Terrible's idea. And this is before cell phones. The the internet was still very new.
1: No social media.
2: Right. So a lot of times in the wrestling business, especially, it's a show up at the door business. It's a, you want to work, you show up. So from my understanding, it it was Tiny the Terrible who had the idea that he, his brother, Half Nelson, uh, and Eric go to Revere, Massachusetts from Rhode Island. And of course, none of them drove. So the, the father of Eric drove, the four of them and um, my basic point is that it was all very spontaneous but if you are trying to be the number 3 wrestling company in the world or at least in the United States meaning Paul Heyman and ECW right. don't you have a fin- don't you have an obligation to just business morality ethics to check people's driver's license before you let them into the ring well apparently not which makes me think that the, the opportunity was there to have a, a bloodletting and to get some cheap heat publicity, and Paul Heyman seized that opportunity, used New Jack as his muscle, and New Jack um, did what New Jack does, which is, in a sense, he defended his territory, which was the ring and his match. So I've always kind of blamed Heyman more for that night, because Heyman was the one supposed to be in charge. You know what I mean? If if there's a if there's a riot at a rock concert, do you blame the bl- band? Do you blame the promoter? Do you do you blame the, the venue that doesn't have enough security? I guess you can blame everybody if you want, but right. in this particular situation, I, I've always put more of the responsibility on Paul Heyman because he's the one that thinks he was in charge or says he was in charge.
0: So when you say that he was using it, you mean you think Paul Heyman let it slide intentionally because he wanted the publicity of New Jack beating the shit out of this kid?
2: When the he didn't ask for ID because on the off chance that Kulos would have proven to be underage, uh, then that wouldn't ha- then then Heyman. My point is that Heyman saw a body and a, and a fresh body, a sacrificial lamb, a big, fat, sacrificial lamb. And I'm not making fun of him, but he is a big, fat kid right. at the time. So basically, my, my other feel, basically, Heyman saw it as an opportunity to let's make an example and let's get some cheap publicity. My other thought, to be honest with you, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but, but one other thought is that there was a lot of New England wrestlers looking to get into ECW at the time. And just everybody wanted to work for ECW because they were more um, available or they were more at our disposal, right? So if you were a local New England wrestler, there was a lot. There was a lot of wrestling promotions in New England at the time. And if you wanted to wrestle for the big time, WWF, WCW, ECW was the perfect uh, launching point. And they were coming to New England twice a month. Which was a big deal. I mean, they, they were coming there to Revere, to Waltham, to Webster twice a month for about two years. And this Koulos thing was at the beginning of that. So I'm sure that Heyman was getting a lot of people, local wrestlers, bothering him trying to get booked on the show. And Heyman probably didn't want to book these local wrestlers because he had enough guys already to worry about, right?
0: Right. So
2: as kind of – I always took it as a message – That Heyman was trying to put out. Okay, New England guys, you want to wrestle in my ring? I'll show you what it's like. I'll show you what happens. I took that. Maybe I'm making stuff up. That's possible. I also took it as, um, I mean, Heyman, when I interviewed him after that match, uh, after the whole show, said the kid got initiated. Well, if he was initiated, that would imply that he was going to be welcome back. But but he wasn't. (laughs) And, um I, I just I just took it as a thing where um Heyman saw a way the, the the opportunity to have some cheap heat publicity was presented and Heyman put all the pieces together and and allowed the bloodletting to occur. I'm not saying that he encouraged it, because I don't think New Jack ever said that Heyman encouraged it, but I think Heyman knowing the the, the fact that It's basically an insult to put Eric Kulas in the ring with the gangsters. It was an insult to New Jack because New Jack's used to being in there with axel and balls and the eliminators and the pit bulls, tough guys, right? Who could hold their own. So when you put New Jack in there with this big pudgy kid, whether he was 21 years old or 17 years old, New Jack takes it as an insult. And if New Jack if if kulas was saying to new jack what people say that he did and and, and i don't think that this was made up but but kulas is saying hey can you help cut me and blah 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 um then of course new jack was going to do it and he did so it was a crappy night it was a lousy night um it took me a long time to kind of process all of the variables in that um and get to the point where i saw new jack i could see that there's more to new jack than that evening it was a very bad night for everybody including new jack but new jack had a lot more to his life than the mass transit incident he had five kids i'm sure that i don't know you know if they were all from the same mother or not i don't know but but new jack uh entertained the hell out of a lot of people and risked his own life to do it many times and also risk the life of a lot of opponents. And
3: I think that would be a whole new that would be. A, I'm sorry, Mike. That would be a whole new podcast. I think to just breaking down that match and asking ourselves asking ourselves is this professional wrestling? Is this wrestling? Or is this a a, a almost like a, a, a attempted murder? Well, I mean, is assault, that right? is that is that? I mean, we can go hardcore. We can we can. We we can do a uh, work snug stiff, and uh, you know strong style. But is is that match? Is that really professional wrestling? Just just getting a what was it a a barber's thing or it was like a, was a
2: surgical? It, it was yeah, a surgical a,
3: yeah, surgery, like a scalpel. Is and and just opening this kid's forehead? Is that really professional wrestling? I mean,
2: no, it's not. And you it, know. Here's, here's the other thing, guys. Real quick, people always forget about this part of that match the toaster shot to the eye socket for whatever oh, reason, I, yeah, yeah. for whatever reason. And I don't, I mean, look, I don't know why people, people harp on as well. They should, the, the surgical knife taped to the wooden stick, cut, you know, cutting across his head. And to, to new Jack would, would always say that he told Koulos he was going to come and to blow, blow out to help the blood pop more when he did it. And apparently Kulas is doing that. But, um, before that, he takes a toaster oven, the old heavy, you know, nineteen fifties, <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy toaster oven, which yeah. actually spikes it on, on in Kulas's eye.
3: Yeah, knocks him the, out. Basically, knocks right, him out. Yeah,
2: right. And it's it, well, here's the thing: if if this was going to be any type of predetermined, you know, hey brother, let's let's get each other through this type of thing. You've never seen Ricky Steamboat take a toaster of it and smash Ric Flair in the eye socket with it. You've 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 never <laughs> why, seen
3: why why are you laughing, Dan? <laughs> Dan's laughing. He's well, got we, that, we, he's we got that dirty
1: dogs drop a new uh, Barco lounger on Dominic Mysterio though. Right.
2: Well here's the thing, guys. Even a couple of years ago they had that Kenny Omega uh moxley match in baltimore right that was on a pay-per-view and it was pretty hardcore now guess what ruined it for me our buddy jim Cornette went through and dissected that thing and told us how a lot of the spots were accomplished you know what i mean but at the time it seemed like the most brutal epic match i had seen in years well Mm -hmm. and nowhere during that match did moxley take a toaster oven and smash it as hard as he could on kenny omega's eye socket nor did Omega do that to, to, to Moxley. So my point is, although these guys, these hardcore guys work stiff, they work really intense, they're, they're reckless at times, you've never seen anywhere else, as far as I know, someone take a, a, a toaster oven and smash someone in the eye socket with it. Like uh, New it Jack looked, did it to it Eric looked, did Full force. It
3: really did look full force, you know. The, yeah. The
0: like fact is, when you know. oh, I'm sorry, I have air, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, the fact is, when you talk about New Jack and you look back on his career and you say, you know, that moment that he genuinely tried to kill somebody or genuinely tried to hurt somebody and the cops got involved, you have to be more specific because there was multiple moments where he faced legitimate legal legal or civil repercussions for going too far in the ring. and. I think echoes to the, the original point that was made uh, when I was talking at the beginning of the show is he made it look real. You never doubted that new Jack was trying to hurt somebody, whether they were in on it or not. Um, as we wrap up guys, um, you know, I, it's like Javier, you mentioned you could have an entire show on mass transit. Benny, you said, you know, we, we could barely scratch the surface of, of what we have to say about him. Um, uh, uh, Benny, you've been, you've been, uh, Quiet for the most part. Their guests uh, giving them time. Uh, what are your closing thoughts on New Jack?
1: I just think I mean the guy was a, a dichotomy, you know, because Mikey and I've heard it from from other people, and uh, that he was a charming guy. I, I watched a, a you shoot video with Jim Cornette where him and uh, Mustafa Saeed actually crashed the interview, and I mean you could tell there was a genuine affection between Cornette and New Jack. They hadn't seen each other in a while. You know, so you got the, this charming guy, and I guess uh, Cornet said that a couple of weeks before he died, uh, New Jack reached out to Stacy, his wife, and New Jack told Stacy that he was happy. He was, he, you know, he had a nice wife. He, you know, he, he had a good life, and he was content. And then, you know, the poor guy drops dead a couple of weeks later. You know, and then on the, on the other hand, you got a guy who bashes somebody with a toaster. Who tases somebody and then throws him off a twenty foot <laughs> scaffold, yeah. and then beats a sixty nine year old guy, Gypsy Joe, half yeah. to death with a baseball bat. So, I mean, we could probably spend ten podcasts trying to figure this guy out.
3: If you if you think if you think he'd have he'd uh, lose patience working with the young bucks, look what he did to Gypsy Joe because he he felt that Gypsy Joe wasn't selling or was maybe being a little too stiff or yeah. Well, supposedly Gypsy Joe told him, I'll teach you how to how uh, to work, yeah. hardcore kid. You, you know, who knows what's the what's the truth or, you know, but uh, imagine what he would do with these young kids today. Just imagine what, what New Jack, if he got pissed off in the ring for X or Y reason, what he would do with these new kids, man, who are uh, thigh slapping and stuff, man. He I'm loves to see he New would,
0: Jack versus The Miz. He,
3: he <laughs> would think that,
0: well... The the, the the Miz will never wrestle again. Remember, he was eaten by zombies. He'll wish that that's he was right. back with the
1: zombies, yeah. And, and, but, the
3: Fiend, I mean, and the Fiend was burned, but he came you, back. And um, Alexa Bliss <laughs> has Fiend powers now. I, I, can't, wait to that the, that I can't wait for the next don't, episode, man.
0: Don't, don't forget, Matt <laughs> Matt Hardy's perfected the art of teleportation. And uh, having the superpowers to change his entire physical persona every time he comes in and out of an ice machine. So the the wrestling world has evolved, that's for sure. Uh, But, uh, Javier, going back, you you had good points. What are your closing thoughts? Any final thoughts on New Jack?
3: Closing thoughts on New Jack. Um, I hope his family is well. I hope people take the time to, to try to understand the guy even though maybe they'll wind up more confused than ever if they try to understand uh what kind of person he was but I'll tell you one thing um in his own way he he really did entertain us uh if, if he hurt people if certain people he hurt in the ring if you know if you hurt certain people in the ring I hope I hope all that's uh, water under the bridge but certainly New Jack is is someone who um is worth talking about his it's um you know i hope i again i hope his family's okay and and i'm, and I'm sorry he's gone man it was you know he, you know he he lived a he lived a new jack life but according to benny he was pretty much a family man in these last years although on cameo he's he he, he did some weird stuff on cameo said he was gonna chase he pulled out a knife and if i don't get you hunt you down with this one i'll get you with this and he pulled
1: and he, and he showed right. up
3: and he showed a crossbow. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this guy, this guy never stops, man." <laughs> but uh go go ahead, Mikey. <laughs> and
0: and if anybody if anybody gets a chance, uh some fans ordered a ca- a cameo for Jim Cornette from New Jack that's on the available on YouTube. If you get a chance, you you guys have to check that out. Oh, okay. But but Mikey, <laughs> you're uh you you seemed more involved than any of us. What are your closing thoughts on this?
2: I met the guy five or six times. I'll, I'll give you uh, two stories about that to wrap it up for me. The second time I talked to New Jack was at um, the night of the mass transit incident, about an hour and a half or two hours before that match. New Jack was walking around. I ended up talking to him, and uh, I told him that I had done some local wrestling, and I said, not, not to the level that you're doing, but I've, just, I've had a few matches. And New Jack said, what, what's your gimmick? And I said, well, I, I do this Mad Dog, Mike Messier. It's kind of like a Buzz Sawyer thing, like a Moondog or a Buzz Sawyer. And I do a Smudge Baby. And so New Jack asked me about those characters. And then I said, uh, yeah, I said, I'm not really sure which one I want to do. Maybe I'll try a new character. And New Jack cut me off and said...
3: Hit you, then he hits you with a toaster between the <laughs> yeah,
2: right. <and> new, <laughs> new, new Jack cut Make me off. Make up your mind. New Jack cut me off he said, please... Um, Please marry my sister. Uh, no, but what New Jack said was, choose your best gimmick and stick with it, is what New Jack had advice to me, which I, I forgot about until we started doing this show, guys. And then the the last time I saw New Jack was an extreme rising show, very, in a way, controversial show that Shane Douglas promoted in Philadelphia in 2012. Uh, the actual wrestling show suffered because... Sabu was booked, but couldn't wrestle because of drugs. Just incredible. Kind of the same thing. And a lot of people were disappointed. But if, if the fans that were disappointed with the show had gone to the Extreme Reunion like convention the same day at the same venue, like it was a 12 o'clock to 5 o'clock thing, and you had Al Snow, you had Shane Douglas, I uh, met Jerry Lynn, uh, Balls and Axel. You know, one one of the last times those guys were alive, I met Balls and Axel, and um, I was being interviewed by the guys doing Barbed Wire City documentary, an ECW documentary. They were they were doing additional footage for that, and they were interviewing me. You know, just as a fan that knew the original ECW, and I'm doing this interview, and then suddenly there's an arm around me, and I look over, and it's New Jack, and New Jack <laughs> starts interrupting my promo with his own promo and of course he's doing a lot better than me <laughs> and uh that i i just kind of walked away from it and and but guys this is 2012 this is uh you know 16 years after the kulas incident right or or 18 whatever a long time and I'm still getting nervous. <laughs> I'm still getting nervous because I'm like, oh, shit. he doesn't recognize me, does he? Like, I, he's not going to say, that's the guy in the, in the press section. I better get him, too. And then <laughs> at, wait, right, uh, right, a, a couple of hours as this convention was ending, and the co- the convention was a lot of fun to, to be honest with you to see to talk to the ECW guys out you know without worrying about their match quality or the stars you know the how many stars does Jerry Lynn get tonight you know just to to talk to these ECW originals was a blast and they were very nice guys and very they they're characters man and and to finally uh, I'm leaving this thing and I see New Jack and New Jack gives me like a really nice wave goodbye like he's just sitting there and he gives me like a really like a friendly wave goodbye and i i gave him the wave goodbye and that's and i remember thinking at the time this guy's not so bad and uh i guess that's what i'm trying to correlate yeah four manslaughters four justifiable homicides whatever it was the new jack slicing vic grimes uh you know gypsy joe uh the guy in jacksonville but at the end of the day, he, dichotomy, like Benny Scala said, he's a dichotomy. He, he had the worst of them and he had the best of them in the same guy at the same time. And even Eric Kulas said, said that to me after uh, he when Kulas was getting better. He said, New Jack's like a split personality. He's like your best buddy one minute. And then he's slicing your forehead open.
3: That's what the, that's what they say about butch Abdullah butcher they say he's he's super nice but once that bell rings he changes into Abdullah butcher that's what i've heard from several people you know Yeah. yeah
0: well when we talk about wrestling and we talk about the minds behind it the two names that always seem to come up everywhere you look uh whether it be good bad or indifferent the two minds that people always say those guys know the business they know what it what works they know what's good are Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman. And everybody, whether love, hate, indifferent, you, got, you have to respect their opinions on the business. And I think it's it's a testament that both of them, emotionally broken, uh, clearly bothered, clearly distraught, had nothing but positive thoughts, even with everything Mikey mentioned with mass transit and uh, Jacksonville and all these other incidents. Both of them were clearly broken up and, and spoke of New Jack's passing as a loss, not just from their of their friend or someone they respected, but to the business. And they understood what he brought and they understood what he made. And it's one of those things that that Paul Heyman and Jim Cornett tend not to publicly agree on a lot. And they both publicly agreed that uh, they had positive things to say about New Jack. And I think that's a testament, especially given how the, neither of uh, neither of them are there are in any way sugarcoating when they have bad things to say about you so i think that's the final testament um gentlemen i again every seems every week benny what do we say we could we could keep talking for another hour and not even scratch the surface um but i I appreciate you guys friends of the show we're definitely going to have both of you back on as as more things go um java pro wrestling stories.com uh your new jack article was great personally um I have to give another shout out. It's Still my favorite. You wrote an article on wrestling toys long a uh, long while back that that still uh, <laughs> still cracks me up. Um, yeah. Benny, we we I mentioned at the top of the show, award winning filmmaker, author, uh, and and professional angry wrestling fan.
2: Mike Messier, still me.
0: Still, still you. There you go. And um, or what's the. Uh, when we were working together last year, Mikey, you had the uh, Avalonia Film Festival. Uh, you were hyping. What's, what's the next big one you got coming up?
2: Well, Avalonia Film Festival uh, 6 will be uh, a return to Ormond Beach, Florida. We had a live event November 2020. We still had a live event, and there will be a live event this year. So um, AvaloniaFestival.com. And my book is on Amazon, A Distance from Avalon, When the Dying and the Dead Reunite. Uh, Mike Messier and Nazar Germanoff. Uh, did the uh, cover art, and I'm really hyping my YouTube uh, page, guys. So if people want to subscribe, the channel is literally called "Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube Channel." So uh, I'm <laughs> coming right around the, point. the- <laughs> exactly. I'm coming around the corner to thousand subscribers for monetization. So if people can help me out, uh, push that subscribe button, and there's so much pro wrestling content on there. And as a cross promotion, I'll I'll put this episode on, and I encourage people that. Find the show here to subscribe to you guys, Dan and and Benny in the Ring.
0: And that's us, Dan and Benny in the Ring, anywhere podcasts can be listened to. Our Facebook group, Dan and Benny in the Ring, continues to grow. Finally, Benny decided to uh, invite his son to our social circle, so uh, that was good of you. But um, gentlemen, again, Javier, Benny, thank you guys so much. It's a shame it had to be this topic that brought us together, but always a good conversation for Javier, for uh, Mikey and Benny. I'm Dan Spacciano. Have a good night, everyone. And as always, happy wrestling.
1: Nice, folks.